You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, January 15th. I am your host with sometimes the most Javier Reyes, as always, of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Guys, you can check out the uh, account for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres on Twitter, or you could check out my personal account, which is at Javapeno which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up with either of those accounts if you want any kind of questions answered or just have some comments. I love hearing back from you guys every single time. Love the love the kind words. You know, even, even the not-so-kind words I appreciate every now and then, guys. Uh, for today's episode, guys, continuing my chat with Sir Jeff Ellis, I said Jeff Carr on the recording yesterday. Uh, that's my bad. There is a Jeff Carr part of Lockdown who hosts the Lockdown Reds podcast. Go ahead and check that out if you're into the Red stuff. But uh, but that was my bad. That was my bad. So I, I noticed it like afterwards. I had no idea that I said that. So uh, my bad to Mr. Jeff, who is awesome. Uh, I guess payback for somewhat mispronouncing my name at one point, I guess. Not really. I'm just messing around. I love Jeff. Uh, in this part, guys, you guys are going to really, really like it. Uh, we're talking about the Mike Clevenger trade, especially in retrospect. You know, and I really think this is important because we didn't get to talk about the trade when it first happened uh, back in July, August, whenever it was that the trade happened. I forgot exactly when. Uh, now we're looking back like, what was it? Was it worth it? And from the Cleveland point of view, how does he feel about the guys that we gave up, like our beloved Josh Naylor and so-and-so and uh, and Austin Hedges, who is a not so beloved, but still uh, interesting stuff. Uh, so hope you guys really enjoy this. And remember, stay tuned for the end of the podcast for me to tell you about what's on the dock for next week. Without further ado, guys, Let's go. Uh, Padres, we we can talk Snell. Uh, you talked about that a little bit earlier. I thought from an Indian's perspective, it was fascinating because the Indians and the Rays have these reputations for pitching development, mm-hmm. but their trades could not have been more diametrically opposed. Uh, the Ray, Depending on how you want to sell things, not to talk about this on the podcast, there are going to be people who talk about, oh, Snell is a, a descending talent. He peaked two years ago. He's only pitched 200 innings once, and mm-hmm. all that I say, hooey. Like at worst, he's still a top 10 pitcher. That's that's your low end with him, yeah, with know, right? three years of control. So at a very reasonable price. And then if you wanted to try to sell it the other way, if you wanted to sell it, oh, the Padres got to steal. The perspective there is, well, Louis Patino has the control has been up and down. He's very mm-hmm. slight. He might be a reliever. Cole Wilcox didn't develop at all at college. Uh, he also has control problems. And uh, Francisco Mejia has been a bust and Blake Hunt has had very, he was hurt when he was drafted and then we missed this season. So he's lost those opportunities to catch, which are hugely important. Uh, And to all that, again, I say hooey. Uh, I understand concerns, but when you get down to it, um, I talked about on the show, it's like, I I really liked Gabriel Arias who the Indians got. And if you're comparing centerpieces, uh, I mean, I still think Patino blows him away, and I'm probably butchering his name again. I, you know, I think we'll it's just... Patino. Patino makes sense. There's the Enya, Enya, yeah. right? Yeah, Patino. <laughs> I should know that. It took six years of Spanish. I still <laughs> it dyslexic, ADD. I have no uh, I'm like word blind. I got but uh, with Patino, it's the stuff's so good. It's uh, you know, I, the talk is naturally guys like Luis Servino, who is also very slim with that fantastic stuff. Um, and there's always going to be concerns with injury and stuff like that. And I mean, I, 
I think the other thing is people bring up his stats. I don't think his stats are even worthwhile to talk about. He got rushed this year. Like he, he, he was not a guy who likely would have gotten as much experience in a typical year where he could have pitched in the minors. It, at least that was my take. I'm kind of curious to hear, you know, talk about these guys. Um, you know, the ones, you know, I know someone like Cole Wilcox literally never pitched for the organization mm-hmm. uh, in the system. So you may not have as much, but um, you know, the, your thoughts on the rest of those pieces that are going out. I mean, if the Rays are going to do the Rays thing, not a bad deal, I think, for them. I think that just, you know, I think we should stop doing the whole judging trades binarily, if that's a word. I believe it is a word. Uh, it doesn't have to be black or white. It doesn't have to be the Padres won or the Rays lost. Heck, it could be both of us lost. I don't know. Uh, it could be both of us win the trade. We have to see um, how it kind of turns out. Uh, I know that now, Pete, you know. I know that to get the engagement going, you got to like say, oh, no, the, the Padres won. What are the Rays doing? And vice versa. Like, you just got to get that engagement up. So I get it. I get it. I, I respect that. I respect the hustle. But I think that I actually wouldn't sleep too much on uh, Francisco Mejia. I know this is like the most unpopular opinion, but he's I really do believe that he's might be a type of guy that needs a little bit more consistent reps, because when you look at the Padres, this Francisco Mejia Austin Hedges battle. First of all, everyone kind of feel like at one point expected Mejia to be terrible defensively. He actually wasn't too bad. And as a pitch framer, he wasn't too bad either, which was a little surprising. Obviously, there wasn't no Austin Hedges behind the plate, the defensive wizard who couldn't hit the ball with Reinhardt's hammer from Overwatch if he wanted to. But still, defensive guy. Um, current Indian. Yeah, current, current Indian. Yeah, shout out to Austin. It's amazing how for years it was like, for like a couple of years, it was like Mejia Hedges was like the Padres Twitter debate. And now it's like, oh, don't worry about it. Both of them They're are both gone. gone. <laughs> They're both gone. So the, they AJ Preller solved the debate for you, I guess. You and we sent you guys Mejia, and then a few years got Hedges back. So we <laughs> yeah. sent you one half and then eventually got the other half in, in a separate trade. So I'd say with Mejia, just because of that, the constant battle, even this season, I was unpopular opinion. I was like, I want to try out Francisco Mejia more. Let's give him like a solid two weeks ish of just him behind the plate. And before people start complaining, it's like, all right, I know Chris Paddock likes him, but Chris Paddock, you're getting lit up every other start. So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe we have to step in and be like, I think we should try to see the potential upside with what this guy has with his bat. We know Austin Hedges has no upside with his bat. Like we, that is certain. It's not going to change. He, I know he had like 20 home runs one year. Who cares? Okay. Yeah, so did, uh, Who's, who's that one guy in the Reds that hits like 120 every year, uh, but hits like 28 bobs? I forgot his name. Um, uh, I mean, you had like Adam Dunn for a time. Adam Dunn, it was it, and then, Cole something? No, I don't know. Anyway, it'll probably come back to me at some point, so listeners, stay tuned for that. Uh, would I definitely come back with it? I think he was a comeback player of the year this year, I think, too. That might even it down. Oh. Um, but anyway, bottom line is, Austin Hitchens, we knew what he could do at the plate. I thought Francisco Mejia, let's at least try. What if he's a 260-320 guy? Not bad. You know, it's not especially a catcher in a, in a league where a lot of catchers can't hit for anything. I, I would take it. I think it's worth the attempt. And that was why I was on Team Mejia. So I wouldn't totally sleep on that acquisition of the trade. But the biggest thing, like you said, is Patino. Nice slider. Uh, can throw gas at 97-100. Even right when he first debuted, he was throwing that um, high. And I know the Dodgers killed him, but... It's that's the Dodgers for you. So I don't want anyone to start bashing my, my, my boy uh, because he got killed by the Dodgers. He gets killed by every uh, everybody gets killed by the Dodgers. Um, so he's definitely the centerpiece. He's definitely a type of guy that I think the race should be happy about. And they do, like you said, have a history of developing pitches really well. So I almost have no doubt that that's something to keep an eye on and that he could be a potentially good player. But from the Padres perspective, you trade 
guys like Patino or you're hoping guys like Patino become guys like Blake Snell, that quality of a pitcher. So you do the trade. Let's not fetishize prospects like that. Right. Um, Blake Snell. Yeah. I don't understand some of the people who are like, yeah, man, I mean, he's never got to, it's like, all right, maybe he's not in the S S S tier of pitchers. Guess what? There's like four of those in the league. And then there's the S tier and then the A tier. Snell's between the A and S, in my opinion. He's one of those type of guys. And we just saw him in the World Series. Who knows, by the way, all these analytical people, they all these nerds telling me about what everything's about. He's 28. What if he gets better? What if being next to different type of developments, you know, different type of farm systems and different type of organizations, I should say, what if he starts figuring out how to get through that third uh, time in the order, per se? And I heard some people talk about he's not great third time in the order, but she's kind of a lot Almost of nobody is. Yeah. That's you know, kind of a lot of, of it's a lot. You notice like a lot of their critiques are a lot of their critiques. A lot of people say, Oh wait, he's not Shane Bieber. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you for that insight. My dude. Like, yeah, there's like two people that are like Shane Bieber. One of them is Shane Bieber. So you have to th- look at it from that perspective and you have to people. Sometimes your upside and the dream of what a prospect could be outweighs what you know somebody is at the major league level. So the Padres are good for now. Can this be great for the Rays? I didn't know too much about Blake Hunt, and I made a joke about this um, on Brett McGuire's podcast on Lockdown Angels that I recommend everyone check out too. Is like, I love when a, a prospect nobody's really heard about, you get that like iPhone 7 quality video. It's like, well, check him out here as he was hitting. I'm like, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, guess what? They're professional athletes. I'm sure everybody at some point could like have a video like that. So don't get me wrong. I've heard some plus things about him Mm -hmm. uh, for space, like kind of catching prospect, but he's super raw prospect. So I don't want people to act like this is some amazing person. We don't know, man. You know, come on. (laughs) Like the video is like from behind the plate. I was like, okay, cool. That's cute. And then the last thing being, uh, see, uh, Cole Wilcox. Um, that's an interesting one. I was a little surprised to see him in the trade just because it seems like they did a lot to get him paying him 3.3 million. And a lot of the reasons that he didn't go in the first round is because just because people didn't think they could sign him. So yeah. I was I a little rated surprised. higher than uh, Kumar rocker out of high school. Cause they were, mm-hmm. cause he was a draft eligible sophomore. So they're the same high school class. So to give mm-hmm. some, some background on Wilcox, um, I think he was my number two behind Cole Wynn, who it hasn't worked out uh, <laughs> with him, but I think he was, he was my two, maybe my three. So he's, I mean, fascinating arm but it's like you see what you're saying right there like yeah. oh this guy didn't turn out really well who knows oh no this i'm with you guys, i agree you know? i'm always the very uh, nice like i think like the darvish trade i mean i love because i am the person who is when it comes to evaluation like i have my my stats i do trust but i also think like if i can trade guys in a ball for the rest of my life i am fine doing that because the flame out rate is <laughs> yeah. so high it really it's is, like yeah. one in five works and so many guys they get the double a and it's uh, but I, I have to ask the big hard-hitting question. Go uh, why did the Padres not like Owens? Why are they trading away all of their Owens in the past six months? What is their <laughs> issue and dislike of... Uh, they liked them enough to draft a bunch of them in the, I think both in the second round, but now they, they want to get rid of everyone named Owen. I don't know. I mean, can you name a star Owen? I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, no. Exactly. No, so if we have to play the, this is me. Yeah. I absolutely know everything about prospects. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. It's just it was. It's a simple, the classic name game theory. You know, uh, not too many people like that. And it's not the only prospect. You know, Taylor Chamel they gave up for Austin Nola, which was 
Man, I like I like Taylor Chamel too. By the way, I know this is a little bit tangent. I like him, yeah. and I I hope he. I think a lot of people like him personality wise. I know Aaron Layton here on the network is not very high on him. Kind of, I'm, I'm not high either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like his personality, is. but I'm with I'm with uh, Aaron and I. We have so, he he likes ceiling a little bit more than me, and I'm more <laughs> of a uh, uh, safe person. Yeah. Uh, so we tend to disagree there. But there are some guys where we do uh, loop in, and I mm-hmm. I'm kind of with him on on Taylor. Uh, but I do agree. I think like, I want him to be successful because I think the personality he has would be fantastic for baseball mm-hmm. in general. And whoa, 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 whoa. Just hold on a second, guys. I need to talk to you about betonline.ag, guys, with all of these games going on. I know, I know the NBA is in a little bit of a weird spot. We don't know exactly which games are going to get postponed or not. But let's say, you know, with the football playoffs coming up this weekend, there's only one place that has you covered when it comes to your wagering and betting needs. And only one place that we trust, that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, I mean, just look at some of the lines according to betonline.ag. The Browns are plus 10 and a half. I just think, hey, this if you're betting the spread and if you want to bet, if you want to get a little frisky, I'm just saying. The Chiefs, they make some games close every now and then this year. Even against Atlanta, the Falcons, uh, week 17, they were pretty close. So I'm not a betting man, and I don't know too much about this stuff. But I would just look into being like, I don't think the Browns are necessarily going to get killed. That offense is legit. They don't make Baker too, do too much. And that running game with the play action and do different kind of uh, things that I've seen online uh, from all the smart people who know a lot more about football than me suggest that they really are legit in that offense. So just look into that. But bottom line, guys, is this. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And now, vroom, 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 everybody, we are talking about the cars. The cars, man. You know you know about them cars. Oh, well, I don't know much about cars personally, but I can tell you that rockauto.com is awesome. They are the number one place to go, man. First and foremost, they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to the rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. That's right, hundreds, not just tens, not just fifties. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from entry control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. Yeah, very convenient, just like that. The rockauto.com catalog is also unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I've seen it myself. I checked it out. I was curious. I wanted to see. Are these rock auto guys just messing around with me? I've been peddling all this info for them. Then I want to see. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. They have all the stuff that you need. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always Always, guys, very reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why? Just ask yourself. Just really quickly. Just go. All right, all right. Just, just. I'll let you settle in. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Does that make any sense? You got that? No, it doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't make any sense. You guys are smart, and you know it doesn't make any sense, guys. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, and I think another thing with just kind of the other people they have for the Darvish trade, like I think people don't understand that prospects that are in that range, at least in my opinion, sometimes their upside is like being able to debut when a starter goes down. Like that's their ceiling. 
for mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. This isn't like not uh, development doesn't look at some of these guys and go, this guy could be our second starter. He could be an ace. We don't know. It's like no, some of them might just be like this guy might be able to eat innings, which is important. By the way, you need yeah, it's a long season. And I know everyone before, you know, because infamously the Padres, it's like, yeah, Corey Kluber's projection was just to eat up innings. That was it. Oh, yeah. That was all Corey Kluber. Then he just debuts in the league. He's getting flour thrown on him, and he's not even flinching, and he wins two Cy Young. So that can happen. This is Fernando an Tatis on the other side of things. You know, yeah. he was <laughs> Jamie Shields for Fernando. I mean, oh, every every man. organization can do that. We can Padres do that with legend, everyone. Jamie Shields. He pitched uh, for us, and he got us an amazing player. Padres yeah, legend forever. And that's the thing, too. Even more so, that's the case, because, you know, Tatis was still in rookie ball, I want to say. He was a teenager. Like, he yeah. wasn't any Kluber, I will say, uh, for the Indians' defense of why they sought him out was that uh, he had the highest strikeout rate in Double A that year. Like they had some fat, some there some was English now. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like not, at the same time. I can't yeah. give him one hundred percent credit because he didn't debut fully until age twenty-seven. So they didn't like him enough to give him a shot for a few years after they got him. Like, it's you know, a perfect but, system, man. You just you just don't know. But I, I would warn people to worry about the Padres losing prospects as long as you don't lose like too many of those core ones. Uh, which at this point I call them the core four. We still have uh, Gore, we still have CJ Abrams, and we still have uh, Luis Campuzano, who I think is the one that's secretly mm-hmm. one of the more important because I think people are forgetting the catcher is not figured out. Austin Nola literally learned how to play catch, uh, I don't know, or catcher, I should say, like not too long ago, thanks to some coaching help from his brother. So I don't think that people should assume that they that's their catcher of the future. I don't know. I don't know if they're waiting for Campizano to come up. And then Gore, I'm hoping that Gore comes up and is awesome. And then Best he's like a five starter. Yeah. And maybe he starts out as just a, an okay five starter. Maybe he gives you the same value that a Zach Davies does. And then down the line, the more he's in the league, all of a sudden he's an, an ace, the ace for the team. That's kind mm-hmm. of the dream projection. And it's a great situation to be in. And it's hilarious that the Padres are the ones in this situation. These are guys, I mean, who was it? Chassin? I forgot his name was the starter that one year. I mean, that, uh, look at AAA I mean, regular J- Jules Chassin spent a year in Cleveland system as a, yeah. as a depth guy. Just how it started, how it ended. That's where the Padres, they are the epitomization uh, of that meme right now. And it's, I'm just loving every second of it. No, it's, I mean, I don't think anyone can blame you. Before I let you go on here, off of here, um, I, I, I told you I was going to start a clock and, you know, I forgot to start it. So we'll see how long we're running. We'll, uh, we, if nothing else, I've had fun. And I want to thank you again for coming on last second. I appreciate all the, the I think it's been a, a great chat. And I think anyone who's listening is, is enjoying it because there's a lot of information flying here, a lot of names. So I have to ask about the Clevenger trade. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's one of those deals that uh, it was interesting to see from the perspective of an Indians <laughs> fan where a lot of people just did not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they didn't get the big names, right? Like, yeah, uh, Air, G- Gabriel Arias and um, Ar- Ar- Arias, maybe again, mm-hmm. pronunciation, not my fan. Uh, but uh, sky high ceiling, but you know, uh, Tramel was ranked higher than him in most places. Uh, he wasn't always even necessarily a top 10 guy in some spots. Uh, and I, I love me, Joey Cantillo, like, I think he is uh, primed for a breakout. And I also got just, uh, why they needed catching depth because the system has none and um owen miller might be limited but he can help uh you know arias and miller was almost to me like an eye towards uh lindor is gone at the end of the season we got a guy who could step in for a year and then a guy who can hopefully be the future 
And, uh, you know, Quantrell looked good in short. And he's he's the type of guy that uh, the Indians tend to find an extra gear with. So I guess, I mean, now that I've given my explanation, like what, what was your takeaway, your thoughts on those guys? What was your view on uh, all those pieces? Yeah. So just first, like an exclusive Lockdown Indians peek into what I'm doing on my podcast. Mm -hmm. I've been doing the top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres. And one of the ones that was going to be on there was the trade for Clevenger. However, it, that would have been like number five, if not what ended up happening, which is him getting hurt. And honestly, that might be even a little bit lower now just because these trades have made that trade look like, you know, first grade at this point, right? I think that it was still the right trade. I know all the Padres fans are like, what did they do? What, what, what was the chicanery behind the scenes? They didn't tell us that he was hurt. It happens, you know, with, with young arms is what I'm willing to uh, say at this time. He's just I always was, hurt. It's the downside yeah. to him. He's and, always and, pumping. And Josh Naylor was another one that was in that trade who yeah. kind of had his little, maybe this is as famous as he'll be, is when they uh, pinch hit for him in the playoffs and he was upset. And I think a lot of people were like, come on, this guy's, this is, this, he's on fire right now. And then they pitch it and then it ends up working out for them. So yeah. that was a uh, really interesting, but now we have both uh, Naylor brothers. Yeah. There you go. Younger brother and system. So apparently we're <laughs> yeah. collecting Naylor's. Hey, if that's the strategy, you never know if it uh, turns out correctly. I think I, I haven't um, seen the analytics on it yet. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen what happens. The, the brother combo, I guess that are named Naylor. Um, I still like it. And I still like that the Padres signed him. Uh, they're paying him not very much, I believe, this year for his rehab, thankfully. Uh, that's really cool. And they got him on a little bit of a cheap end. If he comes back and is Mike Clevenger, that is another arm. Now, granted, that's a, you know, I know Tommy John surgery uh, isn't always 100% guarantee that the guy's going to be perfectly good, but then sometimes they come back better than ever. So we don't know. But let's say he does. If he does, I think they pay him like, ooh, they're paying him around, I think, what uh, Blake Snell is making over the next two years, basically. That's another really, really good uh, value for what he gives you. I think Mike Clevenger might be like a B-plus to an A-tier type pitcher. Um, at times, has that S-tier stuff when he's right. really feeling that group. I think he's got the he highest ceiling when he's healthy and clicking of that group. Yeah, he's got – when he's working, man – For he. Well, he, he's a little annoying to watch sometimes just because the little, you know, <laughs> like he's doing yes. a little jog on the mound. It can be a little annoying. I know he's a little bit weird on social media, and I know he had that awful thing with the, the COVID thing, which we should not take yeah. lightly. That was a dumbbell uh, move. And thank God that what's-his-face on the team managed to outdo him with an even stupider comment afterwards. Otherwise, I think more people would be talking about it. Yeah, uh, uh, I forgot his name. Zach Plesak talking yeah, Zach about being, the whole video was talking about safety and being safe while he recorded a video while driving without wearing a seatbelt. And then and then he did the classic like, oh, tell me if you've heard this one before. The media! Yeah, because the media tells you everything you need to uh, feel and you have no... Uh, uh, you're totally autonomous. Like you can't, you can't decide anything for yourself. But anyway, before I got on too much of a soapbox yeah. about media, um, yeah, I think Clevenger could be a really great value. And if you have that case, it's funny. Darvish might be the most expensive. And if you're the Padres, I'm taking that man. Let's 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 go. Let's 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 go for it. Why not? The more teams should be like this. Is it possible that the the Indians fleece this and a lot of the prospects turn out great? Of course, but in the moment, it was a great trade. And also keep in mind, we're thinking about this completely differently. I still no one has no one has answered. Stitch, has anyone answered this question for me? See, even Stitch says no. No one has answered this question. Has there ever been a team one week before the playoffs where both of their aces got hurt? Still no one has answered this for me. The, and, yeah. It reminds me in Cleveland. It wasn't both of our aces, but it's, you know, kind of how baseball is weird. The one time, the Cubs World Series season, mm -hmm. um, 
it wasn't the week before, but in the month before the end of the season, uh, you know, we had Kluber, who was great, but our number two was clearly Carrasco, and he got hurt and was done. And our number Carrasco. three was Danny Salazar, who were two ace types at the time, and we lost both of them. Salazar. Uh, and it was, like it's Salazar. great in humor because uh, at the time, uh, the the media left them for dead and pretty much said that in the paper <laughs> to, to the degree that there was a video of the players um, using coarse language about the reporter in chanting form that you can still probably find to this day. Uh, who wrote an article basically saying their season was over and they were like, yeah. no, we got something to fight for. <laughs> and it also just shows how crazy baseball is because of course mm -hmm. that is the one world series that team in that yeah. conglomeration made. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I just, you know, you talk about that and, and no one's answered it, but it's still like, <laughs> what? I, I'm kind of like, we talk about all of this and we don't even mention Chris Paddock, who like a year ago looked like the next up and coming great arm. 2020 mm -hmm. was weird. I think we can all yeah. agree it was weird. And some players bombed. You yeah. know, Josh Bell just got traded and we had some big debates in the locked on thing about his overall value. Yelich, just for yeah. someone who's great, had yeah. a bomb of a season. Yelich, um, I mean, there's players all over. Uh, Genio Suarez with the Reds. Who, I think Labor Torres of the Yankees is one. Yeah, it's the New York area, so I know all of them. <laughs> yeah, but it's so many guys just completely imploded. Uh, you know, if you're an Indians fan, you're probably shouting Oscar Mercado, who was supposed to be our center fielder and just couldn't hit his body weight. And he's a slim guy. Um, it, I don't I'm not going to throw Chris Paddock out and forget about him uh, just because he had a bad year in the weirdest year we've ever had. Like, but we're we're sleeping on a guy. Yeah. Who I feel like absolutely. got Cy Young votes in 2019. Right. Maybe he got yeah. a few. He, he wasn't like top five, but I feel like he collected a few votes before it was all said and done on a 2019 rookie season. Right. Mm -hmm. It's. It's, now, he ain't going to be the sheriff anymore. Like, I mean, he yeah. is still the sheriff, but he doesn't have that same bravado. And to a degree, to harp on the media again, I think sometimes we gave him a little bit of a pass. You know, some San Diego kind of uh, reporters and stuff. A little bit. Not a not a pass, but people were like, I mean, he's just, he's got that cowboy attitude, man. He'll figure it out and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm waiting, you know. And I, that's for this season. I'm talking about this season. I was like, I'm waiting. We need him now. But in terms of the future, I'm absolutely still not out on the guy. I just think that the fastball was unbelievably straight this year to the point where I was like, I could at least put my bat in the right place. I don't want to know. I'm not even going to do the thing where I pretend that I could, uh, compete I could lean into it. Like, yeah, I know I where like it's going to be. I mean, I might be able to go like, Oh, there it is. Um, but it was a little bit too straight. And I know he's working on the curveball a little bit. That pitch is still very much in development, much like a prospect. Uh, and he's, you know, started using his, um, a cutter a little bit towards the end of the season. It, it, the numbers, I think he only is like 0.3% of the time. If you look at his pitching um, repertoire this year. And then the changeup is still good though. The changeup is still really, really good. And people still haven't figured that out. I would have been more concerned if the changeup stats were bad. If it's just a fastball, it's concerning. And cause that is fastball, but it feels like something that maybe can be fixed, especially if it's a sophomore slump. I think anything can happen, mm. right? Um, but the changeup is still, uh, if you measure against a lot of changeups in the league, still one of the more deadly ones out there. So I'm still confident that Paddock, and that's the other thing, if he's your fourth starter, oh my God, like that's amazing. <laughs> Especially a guy, like you said, was a borderline Cy Young guy his first year. So hopefully people didn't catch up to him. I compared his 2020 to kind of that second season Masahiro Tanaka had with the Yankees, where I think people caught onto his split finger that he was throwing a lot, which was like deadly his first year that he debuted with the Yankees. Everyone in New York is losing their mind, has like a 2.4 ERA. Then the second year, 
he's just kind of okay, and maybe people are figuring him out a little bit, and then he becomes an average pitcher. Guess what? If Chris Paddock is Masahiro Tanaka, like that's his level, that's still really helpful for this team. Oh, Unbelievably yeah. helpful, actually, if he can be that kind of guy. So I'm still not giving up on him, and I think you're right. It's the, definitely a guy you shouldn't sleep on, although I understand why people are forgetting because they have four other starters who are And it's like you look awesome. past those four, and we talked about Gore. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, so they only have the top pitching prospect in all baseball Yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of that. <laughs> so, I, I'm very curious to see. I assume Clevenger will be around the team because he's the guy is a knucklehead. Son, you know, he's such he's very much a knucklehead, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a very nice guy. He mm-hmm. loves baseball. He loves teammates, and he loves the nitty gritty of baseball. He's like the perfect guy to just sit in that bullpen and work with someone like Chris Paddock on okay, like because he helped Bieber in terms of and Bauer Bieber and Plesac and that whole group was a like a collaborative space on holds and grips and things like the cutter, and I wouldn't be surprised if like a year from now we're hearing about Chris Paddock and him talking about Clevenger's influence on things like mm-hmm. that. That's one of those things that we mm-hmm. sometimes forget is, is uh, the fans of things, but that there's some, there's more than sometimes what players do in the box score to help a teammate out. Yeah. He could be next year's like, he's in the running for like overqualified chemistry guy for next yeah. year. Like he really could be that. And I would love it. I think he'd love it. I mean, if you just look at this guy's Twitter account, the weird like <laughs> fonts that he uses. I'd never get over that. It you're right though. Maybe he helps Chris Paddock trying to iron things mm-hmm. out. And maybe he I think they all can learn from each other. Darvish has the most experience out of all. Yeah. Blake Snell, who just said something about the Padres are swaggy, which is a kind of a cringe term. But as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, Blake Snell, you could say whatever you want. I don't care. Uh you could say whatever you want. Um, but I, I would be that's just a, it's a very interesting combination of Lament, Clevenger. Blake Snell, you Darvish, like that's a very, and then Chris Paddock, obviously such a diverse, like eclectic group in a lot of ways. So I hope that we get some tribune piece or athletic piece that talks about these guys have throughout the whole season are just learning so much from each other and they have a great season with the Padres. It could be uh, really interesting to watch, I think for sure. Sorry, I'm just moving around. I almost oh, no problem. Over. Um, <laughs> I'm being distracting. With my, like I'm knocking things over while I'm sitting here. No, I think it's like I said, it's a fascinating team. All of these moves, they're certainly not done. I'd be curious to see if they bring back Kirby Yates or not, or what they just do with mm-hmm. that, the pen Rose in general. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, you know, it, it's a really interesting team. Uh, I I don't know what the yearly Indians Padres trade will be like this year. Maybe we'll see a deadline trade with a reliever going from Cleveland to San Diego. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for just, uh, you know, pinch hitting here at the last second coming course, on man. having a, a, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun talking. Uh, this is one of those things where I felt like I could have probably kept you on for another hour plus. Yeah, but honestly, I love talking, I, baseball, especially right now. Yeah. Things are going well. It's things are going super well. I, and again, highly recommend it. Javi is uh, one of the great energy people on the network. Like, you know, your your grinder glue type. Maybe is that a fair yeah. label I could put on? I feel yeah, like you're like always, like always like well loved. Glue the glue guy. The glue guy. You are definitely a glue, glue guy, guy in the, the Locked so on Baseball much. Network. I, I just, in terms of, I'm not sure we have a more well loved host uh, just amongst the other hosts. So go check him out. Uh, go check the the Twitter uh, if you want more information. And of course, you're going to want to check that out when the Indians and Padres make their next inevitable deal, but something mm-hmm. is going to happen. They they seem to like each other too much. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. Uh, and for the next year, at least go tribe. And zip zappity doo da bango, everybody. That is it for my conversation with Jeff Ellis, Jeff Ellis, not Jeff Carr of the lockdown Cleveland Indians podcast guys. Hope you enjoyed 
it. I know I did. It was really fun finally getting a chance to talk to the guy because, you know, he knows all the Cleveland stuff much better than I do. For obvi- Obviously, obviously, obviously. Um, but before we get into my show, guys, betting on, you know, the, the the football this weekend, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a total guessing game like basically I made it sound like before. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. It is phenomenal, guys. Let me tell you. I've been, I've been tooting its horn for a while now, and let me tell you, those guys know what they're talking about. It's a really fun uh, initiative by the network, and there's all sorts of cool stuff that they will be talking about on there. I've listened to it myself, and I very much enjoy it. Now, in terms of this show, guys, next week, I'm proud to announce that finally... The name shall be revealed. Mr. Joe Vasile of various places, but you might know him. He started doing this old little podcast on Sir Ken Caminetti called Secondary Lead. It was this giant, like, super cool documentary podcast, and he's going to be on the show next week. Probably going to make that a two-parter, and it was really, really good discussion. You'll be able to tell immediately, this guy's a journalist, man. You know what I'm saying? He's very interested in stories and stuff. We talk all about that stuff, and I loved hearing about it. It's a great podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it already, go listen to it uh, if you want to, like, kind of... uh, I don't know, uh, the pregame, I guess, so you're a little bit more prepared. We're not talking, like, super spoilers or anything of, of, of that note, but we do talk about it a little bit if you want to be uh, a little bit more in the loop. But still, uh, either way, it is a great listen, guys. So really excited about that. I'm also going to be putting out my chat probably on Tuesday with uh, Stacey Gatsoulias of Locked on Yankees where we talk about the CC Sabathia documentary. So it's basically... A documentary week, I guess you could say. Unless, like, the Tatis extension happens. Obviously, if any crazy breaking news happens, guys, you will hear about it on this show. My first reactions and whatnot. But going to be talking about the Under the Grapefruit Tree documentary and how I thought it was just so much better of a uh, baseball documentary with Stacy, And I really appreciate it. And I think everyone should watch it. Even if you're not a CC or Yankee fan, it's really, really good. Uh, so look forward to that on Tuesday. And then probably Joe on Wednesday and Thursday or whatever. It's going to be next week. Those are going to be the three episodes. And then, I believe the week after that, Finally, guys, I promise, top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres going to get down on that. And then I've got some chats in the bank with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals, with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks, which is a really fun and crazy one that I'm really uh, looking forward to finally putting out. And who knows, maybe there's something else that I have in the on the dock that I just forgot to uh, you know talk about, I guess. But uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're podcast from stitcher spotify apple podcast google podcast himalaya overcast wherever wherever just searching up on guys and if you don't mind guys while you're at it check out on the apple podcast app if you would send me some of them nice old juicy five star ratings i'd really appreciate that if you could do that for me that would be that would be very nice uh, remember to follow the the show on twitter uh, at lo underscore padres or myself at javapeno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o and until next time Stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.